Good afternoon and welcome to Cruise Control, Ask a Car Guy Anything. This is our second podcast. Say hi, Kev. What up, what up, what up? I'm JP and this is important items you need to have ready before you go to a dealership. So today we're going to talk about, in my opinion, Kevin and I just got done discussing this, probably one of the most important podcasts I believe we're going to do. This is a podcast you can share with your friends, your family, your loved ones, people that are going to buy a car tomorrow or people that have bought a car and have had a bad experience and want to have a better experience. These are items and by all means they can be a checklist of some sort, but these are in my opinion some of the most important things you need to have prepared set up in advance before you go into any dealership whether it's on you know that side of town or a major dealership like a, a Toyota dealership or a large Chrysler dealership or a GMC dealership or even if it's a small dealership that just deals in Buicks and GMCs so Kevin what do you think good podcast I'm thinking it's gonna be a good one uh really helpful for everyone who's going to listen i myself have been a victim of this uh, at least once so had i known everything then uh going into it that we're going to tell you guys now i really believe that it will not be an all day an all, an all day affair for you you could probably walk in get what you want and walk out maybe and spend of two hours, maybe less. Kevin, I have a very interesting uh, statistic to tell you. Okay. Okay. Did some research the other day and found out that the Porsche manufacturers and the Porsche dealerships, they actually figured out how to get their clients in and out of the dealership buying a Porsche in two hours. They were very excited about this process. So folks, let me tell you, even an expensive car like a Porsche takes a couple hours to buy. So just keep that in mind. So with that being said, I'm going to start this off and then Kevin's going to jump in. One of the most important things I think you need to do is come in with some homework done. And you know, we're not talking about cramming for an exam for six or seven days. What I'm just saying is roughly get your information prepared. Have stuff ready like if you've got a trade-in, get your 10-day payoff. Bring a statement in with your account number on it. Know what your monthly payment is. Go to a bank. Get pre-approved. Know what your bank, your personal bank can do for you on a 72-month loan. Know what the term is and know what the rate is. Now, when we say the word term, we're talking about how many months. And, of course, rate, we're talking about what percentage rate are you going to get financed. How much money are you going to put down? What is your budget? Have all that homework done. Be prepared, just like a Boy Scout. Isn't that right, Kev? Yeah. Okay. JP didn't really hit on this, but something just occurred to me. is like really have an open mind. Uh, more often than not, what you have your eyes set on can be one thing. The dealership in question or whoever you decide to go to can and probably will try to put you in something else. It may be a financially a better deal for you or vehicular wise, like a vehicle wise, it actually may be a better vehicle for you as well. So I'm not saying don't have your eyes set on what you want, but what I am saying is be ready to have that open mind and compare what you want wow. versus what they offer wow. you. Kevin, 
Dude, you, you nailed it. Folks, he probably said one of the most important things about this podcast for the next 10 minutes. And that is, we as sales professionals notice that if a person comes in with an open mind, knowing that we're here to help them, that the buying process goes a lot smoother. When you come in and as a client, a customer, uh, a consumer buying something and you're close-minded and you're holding all your cards to your chest and you're playing the game of me against the dealership, I'm going to go in there and get the best deal possible. I'm going to hide all this information from them. It actually works against you. (laughs) You actually end up creating more time at the dealership versus less time at the dealership because when you come in with an open mind, just remember this, and this is not to be snarky or uh, funny in any kind of way. We want to sell one to you worse than you want to buy one from us. So we want to make this, (laughs) Kevin's laughing at me, we want to make this a very easy process. We don't want to drag it on for seven hours, trust me. Nobody wants to do that. But when you come in with a closed mind, like my bud Kev said here, it's important to know that that's not helping anything because we're going to give you a good deal. Most major dealerships are going to give you a good deal. So just keep that in mind. Kev, what else you got? Okay, the second half of this is basically regarding your documents that you need to have with you. And by documents, we mean your driver's license. Make sure it's valid and it's current. Car insurance, your insurance cards, valid and current. If you're going to need money, like JPS said earlier, make sure you have it available and on hand. Just saves you time. Do everything while you're there. Uh, uh, JP also mentioned a 10-day payoff. You can find these numbers on your last billing statement from your uh, from your financial uh, financial organization who's bankrolling you on that, or you can call the number and just have them give it to you. You can jot it down on a little piece of paper. Kevin, wait a minute. That's kind of hard to do. How do I how do I get my 10-day payoff? I don't know how to do that. On your 10-day payoff, like I said, just have your your statement handy. There's a number you can call. Oh, there most, you go. Most people can either call the number or, <clears throat> excuse me, they have available on their websites now where you can log into your account and get all that information from there too. Right. However, however you set it out, uh, whether it be online or the phone or they automatically draft it from your account. Either way, you can get your hands on that information through them. Kevin, let me just give my, my, my audience here a little nugget of gold. Okay. Okay? Because as Kevin's expounding on these ideas, things are popping into my mind. I'm going to give you guys a 15-second blurb here. I had a client one time that said, oh, yeah, I know what my 10-day payoff is. It's $15,800. Well, folks, I beg to differ with him. It's not $15,800. It was $15,898.25. That's a 10-day payoff. Rounding up or rounding down doesn't help anybody. When we are talking about getting numbers, 10-day payoff and figures, it needs to be to the penny because there's nothing worse than you owing somebody something or there's nothing, nothing worse than if you know we gave you too much money for your payoff that we have to cut a check back to you or somebody has to wait for a check to come back from Ford Credit because we gave Ford Credit too much money. 
So when we talk about doing homework and getting numbers, it's down to the penny because it, it makes the whole process go faster, smoother, and more efficiently for you. Okay. And one last thing is not really a piece of documentation. It's more like, you know, have it handy whenever you walk in. If all part, if there are multiple parties going to be making the deal on the vehicle, you need to have them handy, whether it be a co-signer or somebody who's doing the registration for you or whatever. Just make sure you have all parties present, especially the parties that are the type of, well, I'm going to be driving it to. Um, there's some pretty funny stories that I have about a person coming in, buying a truck, and then the wife not being too happy about it, and then the man has to take it back because the wife didn't like it. Just make sure everybody's on the same page, uh, that type of thing. You don't want to, to lose out on something this big because of a matter of personal preference. Kev, let me touch on one thing. That's pretty funny. I've seen that happen before myself. So folks, what he's alluding to here is having all the parties involved. When you have a co-signer, and again, this is the most important podcast I think we're going to ever do. Folks, when you do a trade-in on something, and years ago your uncle co-signed for you, if your uncle is still on that title, well, guess what? He may live in Kansas City, Kansas right now, but when you trade that in, he's going to have to be on the new title as well. So when your uncle co-signed for you on that car that he bought for you your first year out of college and co-signed for you, folks, after two or three years of you paying on that note, you need to go refinance it under your name and get your uncle off. Get the co-signer off because when it's time to trade that in, it's going to be a lot easier process than having to run all the way to Kansas City, Missouri, get your uncle, come back to a dealership in uh, North Texas and start this process all over again. Now, was that pretty self-explanatory, Kevin? I believe so. Dude, I don't want the audience to be confused about that. Um, you, if you have a co-signer on a title for the vehicle you're trading in, they have to be there and be on the new title for the new car you're purchasing, new or used, because that's just Texas law, that's banking laws, that's just the way it has to be. So, next bullet point. And consequently, at this point, it's going to be the last one. And as a former automotive detailer, uh, I can personally attest to this. Uh, just make sure that you at least clean out your car. I'm not talking like stem to stern, showroom pretty type of clean. Just make sure all your documents are out of there, all your trash is out of there, all your valuables are out of there. Um, because once the dealership takes possession of your trade, generally, most of the time, they'll be cool and let, let you get all your stuff out, you know, like at a later date, maybe like a day or two later before they've had a chance to process it. Once they've processed it and it's in their possession and they've had their guys look at it and all of that, you may have a tough time getting valuables or something that you left in there out just because well, we've, already, we've already gone through it. Let's be honest. When, when, when something gets traded in, you know, things run down these bunny trails and you never know where, you know, your favorite CD might run off to. Right. So Kevin, what Kevin's alluded to is correct. He's absolutely correct, and I'm going to expound on that just a little bit, Kev. 
I had a 30-year-old veteran, 30, excuse me, let me correct myself, not a 30-year-old veteran, a veteran that's been in the business for 30 years, tell me something pretty interesting the other day. He said to me, it does bring value to a trade-in if it comes in detailed. So if you're going to bring in that 2012 GMC Sierra truck and you farm and ranched out of it, by all means, if you detailed it and cleaned it up, it brings value to it. It actually wakes up the used car manager that's going to go out there and evaluate it and go, wow, okay, this guy cleaned everything up. He, in fact, he cleaned it so well, I can see the two hail damage spots that's on the hood, so I know he's not hiding anything from me. And it's not that we're looking to point fingers and say they are hiding something from us, but when clients do that, it's putting a good foot forward, putting their best foot forward, however you want to say it, it's really important that a trade-in is cleaned, especially if you're a smoker, okay? Yep. Or especially if you're like me and you, you like chewing chewing gum, and I have chewing gum wrappers on the floorboard of my Buick right now because I love chewing gum, so <laughs> I was going to make sure I pick up my chewing gum wrappers. But and, uh, just, just for the record, if you are a smoker, and not, nothing against people who do smoke in their cars or anything like that, the process to clean all that stuff out, the, to clean out the air filtration system, all that stuff does take quite a bit of time to be in a position to resell and not have to worry about uh, the next owner or the next person that comes in and look at it have to worry about that type of thing. It is a process, uh, but just so you know that, just for future reference and stuff like that. Uh, as for the the important things and items to have whenever you walk into a dealership, I believe that covers all of our points. There's a lot more which are topics in themselves. Yeah, trust me. There's a lot more that could be a whole nother podcast. So, Kevin, we did a great job today, I think. Uh, we just wanted to be short and sweet, like the, the basic gist of what you guys need to have. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, you know, that type of thing, you are more than welcome to to get at us on our social media accounts. They'll be in the description for our podcast. So you can look there and see we're on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we have emails out too. So if, if you need to get a hold of us, please do so. We will always respond to you guys. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to us. And JP, if you have anything else. Well, don't forget folks, coming up in just a few short seconds. Our favorite segment of the entire show, Ask a Car Guy Anything. And we do mean anything. So hang tight. All righty. Okay. Okay, so it actually took me a little bit of time to find a willing partner for the Ask a Car Guy Anything part of the podcast. Well, and I found a guy. His name is Tyler. Hey. He's from... Maryland, uh, Towson, Maryland to be specific. Uh, he's in town for a wedding. He's happened to be a really, really good friend of mine. So Tyler, what is your question? So Kevin, as you know, we talk deep philosophical things. We do indeed. So my question is how does someone figure out purpose? How does someone figure out their purpose? Their purpose, their, their, their drive, their desire their goals their, go their goals and all that okay well first things first there has to be something 
that you're passionate about, that you really enjoy doing, that no matter what has always been there. For me, it's been cars. Uh, <laughs> so as long as something like that is present, something that like deeply profound, resonating and true, as long as that's with you, you have a start. It's, you're, you're not going into it blind. And then figuring out how that thing applies to you. You know, some people feel their purpose may be photography just because they like taking pictures. You know, how do how do you, can you make that work for you? Or how can or how can God show you that that this is something that you're supposed to be doing? And lastly, I would say commit to it in terms of of your of purpose. Uh, if you feel like it's something that you're supposed to be doing that you derive enjoyment and like joy in any way, shape, or form, if you've done if you do it for fun, you know, there's a saying if you can do something for fun, you can do it for free. I mean, if you do something for free, you can do it to get paid. And if you feel like this thing that you're doing is something that you can do like that and maybe not necessarily feel like it's a job then I think you're really in a really good spot most people don't take up positions for the money they take up positions for you know for the joy they get out of it you know people go into ministry because they love uh, love serving people they love doing things for in, in the name of God. They don't do it to get paid. They don't do it for the, the notoriety. They don't do it for anything like that. They do it because they feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing and they love doing it. If, in a nutshell, if you can get away with these three things, like everything that I've said, then I would say that you're on a good start in terms of finding your purpose. Now, not everybody finds it immediately. Not everybody gets it right off the bat not everybody is the type to have it all figured out whenever they start and the important thing is like you don't have to have it figured out when you start uh, I think the more important thing is to have it figured out whenever you finish so if you do that and feel pretty good about whatever it is that you're doing whether it be uh, photography ministry uh medical field i have a lot of friends that are work at bsa texas tech uh or in terms of administration or engineering like tyler is uh make sure that it's something that you love doing because if you don't love doing it all that's going to do is get in the way of why you're doing it uh so just kind of keep all that in mind and uh I'd really love to get into it a lot more, but it's going to take more than five, you know, five or six minutes that we have set out for you guys, at least in this segment. But uh, Tyler is not afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions, so that's why I picked on him for this. <laughs> so, um, is there anything else that you want to add to that, Tyler? My, uh, I think it's always a big challenge for people when they feel stuck to find purpose in the whatever work they're they're doing whether it's simple and they want to be doing something else or whether it's a thankless job and they, they're not getting that affirmation of their purpose in it. 
So I, I think that's the hardest part in it. I think it's easier for us to find purpose in the things we love, but harder to find purpose in the things that we feel like we just have to do. I would definitely agree with that. Um, this is going to conclude our podcast for today. It's more like two weeks in the making, but that's okay. Uh, I want to thank Tyler for being such a good friend of mine to come out and do this for me, or me and JP both. Um, uh, like I said, thank y'all guys for listening to us uh, so, so much. We're just getting started. Uh, be feel, feel free to email us, write us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter about anything that you guys have, whether it be questions, comments, concerns, all that stuff. All of our links are in the podcast description. Uh, and we'll see y'all guys for the next one. Thank y'all guys so, so much for joining us. Have a great day, guys. Thank y'all.